my core three pillars that have helped me have a healthy, happy relationship with business and life in general. One, two, three, four. So the big question is this, how do people-driven business owners like us create businesses we're proud of, businesses that work for our employees, for our customers, and for us? Businesses that can be profitable without straining or draining the owner. That's the question that we'll be answering on the Better Happy podcast. Hello, Better Happy podcast listeners. I haven't really planned out this podcast other than thinking about these three key pillars. And the reason that I've been thinking about these three key pillars is because I'm currently writing a book and the title of that book hasn't been decided yet, but it's probably going to be called The Better Happy Business Revolution or The Happy Business Revolution with a subtitle of How to Create Great Businesses Without Burning People Out. And that goes for the owner as well as the employees. So what I'm going to share with you today is the three key pillars that form the three parts of that book, why they're important and why I think they can help you. As I mentioned, I haven't planned this out, so uh, this might be rubbish, but I think it'll be pretty good. And I hope that you'll come away from this episode with some insights that aren't normal, that are really helpful for you that most people don't have. So um, what I'll start with is, oh, by the way, if you haven't, signed up to the Better Happy Business Club newsletter, do that because you're going to get a free weekly email, which we put out every week. It's got loads of good content in there, um, free resources, free tools, and updates on things like the book when that comes out and our business club, which we're launching in 2024. So um, the three different parts of the book and the three different pillars that I want to share with you today. The first one is a happiness philosophy. The second piece is a system for business to be enjoyable for you, for the owner and for a team. And then the third one is a basic system and philosophy for good health. So bringing those three together, I believe is my purpose in life. And that's where I've really found my passion and um, traction with getting results, not just for myself and for others. And what I want to go through now is how I've got to those points and how they can help you. So if you've got the right or a good philosophy around happiness, um, then for me, that's the starting point and that's the foundations of a happy life. And if you haven't got the right foundation around happiness and philosophy around happiness, no matter how much success you get in business and life and fitness, whatever it might be in your relationships, you're always going to be unhappy. And I, I learned this from, or always going to be at risk of being unhappy. And I learned this when I left the military and went and lived on monasteries in Thailand and Nepal and traveled for uh, just under just under three years. Um, and had some really good experiences there. So I'm going to share that with you in a moment. But if you've got the right philosophy around happiness, you're untouchable. You it doesn't matter what happens in life. You can build yourself back up and you can have the resilience and fortitude to thrive in any situation. So that piece has to be there because if not, what's the point in doing it? The second piece is having a system for business to support your health and happiness and the health and happiness of your team. And the, the, the way that I got to this was by owning my first business after coming back from those spiritual explorations and super driven, super goal motivated, want to change the world, very naive, first business owner, um, self-funded, bootstrapped, got my business up and running, but over five years, grew it to a six-figure business, you know, nothing nothing that's going to end up on the, um, nothing's going to end up on Wall Street, but um, it, was a good business it was 10 six figures we had a team of five people we had we had we were helping hundreds of people change their lives we had contracts with the council with um the probation service with different businesses so the business was doing pretty well but and it was growing every year but i got really burnt out and that led to me being in a really difficult position where i did actually close that business going into covid but it led me in a really difficult position where 
I wanted to pursue my goals, which have to be in business, but I was scared of doing that again after what happened with the first business because it made me miserable in a business. So that led to me forming Better Happy and everything I talk about now, which was, well, how can we create a system that actually enables people to own or be in businesses without making themselves miserable? Because the reality is the mindset of an entrepreneur is that you without some structure will probably make yourself miserable well i know we all see the ones on the internet that are um absolutely nailing it and absolutely smashing it and even those most of them haven't got there without their own fairly long journey of trials and tribulations but the reality is is the ones that we see on the internet aren't the majority the majority of business owners and this isn't negative it's just what the statistics tell us struggling business they aren't happy they're stressed they're burnt out and they probably would be better off uh, by the hour to get a job so that's not good. We need to address that. And then the third piece is health. So we live in a in a, a world that doesn't make it hard to be healthy. That's a lie. Okay. It makes it easy to be unhealthy. That's the issue. So we live in a world that makes it easy to be unhealthy. And it also makes it easy to be healthy, but we need to know how to do that. And we need to have the motivation and structure to go after it. And the reality is most of us don't. So most people end up struggling with their health. So those are the three pillars. I'm going to go a little bit more into each one. So I think this podcast will be a you know a maximum of 20 minutes, but hopefully just those three pillars alone have helped you start thinking in a in a way that's going to be more conducive to you being a healthy, happy, fulfilled business owner, not just a business owner that feels constantly stressed, constantly like they're um got the weight of the world on their shoulders and trying to stop the boat from sinking and i know the reality is we all want to sit here and say um you know owning business has been a a, a walk in the park and it's been great and um i can't believe that anybody would do anything else because it's so much fun but but the reality is most are struggling now you, maybe you're not um but i know from the business owners i work with and from my own experiences and even from working with non-business owners that are in senior positions in large corporates that once people are in a role where they've got a level of strategic responsibility, the stress comes comes very quickly rolling in. And, and that's a travesty because our work is vital to our happiness. So let's go back to each one of those pillars and just go a little bit more into each one. I just want to give you a few tidbits of my story and the people that I've been able to help through um, sharing the insights that I've gained on that and maybe you'll relate with some of that and be able to utilize it for yourself so the first one is a happiness philosophy so I served in the military for five years and uh, towards the end of that time I'd done two back-to-back tours of Afghanistan with the special boat service I was a military intelligence analyst so I was attached to the special boat service so I wasn't one of the sneaky peaky special soldiers um, but I was attached to them and in Afghanistan with them working with them very close so I did two back-to-back tours with them and uh, towards the end of that I decided that I wasn't very happy in that role not just because of going to Afghan I actually didn't mind it a whole lot I mean there's obviously lots of negatives to go into it and the risk of dying but um, I didn't mind the structure and the routine to be honest and it was in a weird way it was entrepreneurial because I got to pursue ideas because we were the first into Afghan doing that role the SAS was still in Iraq so I did a I got free run to kind of run with ideas and make new things. So um, I didn't mind it too much, but I was definitely not fulfilled. And towards the end of my time, uh, I decided I was no longer happy in the military. But the military gave me a lot of security, good money um, for a young, I was 25 when I left. So it gave me money. Uh, It gave me a job that people looked up to and and respected, uh, security, and just all the things that you are made to believe will make you happy. But I knew that, 
I wasn't happy in that role, but I didn't know what was going to make me happy. So it's kind of that position where I'm not happy here, but I don't know what I want. So um, I wasn't sure what to do, but I'd always had a strange affliction, is that, if that's the right word, or interest with um, Buddhism. And I'd never studied it, but I decided to kind of go and scratch that itch. So what I did was I left the military and one day after leaving, I got on a one-way ticket to Thailand and um, didn't come back for two and a half years. And over the next two and a half years, I lived on monasteries in Thailand, in Nepal. I traveled Australia. I worked on fishing boats, but I spent a lot of time on different monasteries and studying spirituality. And a particular memory to me or life-changing moment to me was reading The Art of Happiness by the Dalai Lama. And what that did was make me realize that I didn't have the right philosophy for happiness. And that's what led to me living on the monasteries. But we don't need to go into detail about that. But but what we do need to understand is the philosophy that I learned from that book and studying um, different cultures. So what I learned was, is that in the Western world, so, you know, Western developed countries as such, like the UK and the US being two of the um, most textbook ones, we are a capitalist society. And I think capitalism is good. And I'm, I know it gets a lot of slack, but I think it gives us freedom and opportunity and, and, uh, and, and liberty. So, we live in a capitalist society, but what comes with that is the 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 money going to a lot of businesses, right? And businesses want to sell products, so businesses get a lot of money to spend on advertising to sell products. And all of that's fine; it's all good. And like I said, I like I'm all up for capitalism and business. Of course, I am. But it also has its downside, and its downside is, is we we develop this false belief of what happiness is, and that's influenced by this marketing. and And that belief is that happiness is sensual pleasure. So we believe that happiness is when we feel good and we've got pleasurable feelings which can be found through very fulfilling activities such as achieving goals and spending time with loved ones but can also be achieved through eating nice food and going on exciting experiences etc etc now i'm not going to say for a moment that we shouldn't have pleasurable experiences we absolutely should but i now believe wholeheartedly that that is not what happiness means to to, to constantly be in pleasurable experiences in fact i believe that that leads to us being quite unhappy. So it leads to us being quite materialistic and believing that we'll be happy when we get the stuff, when we've achieved the thing, when we've got the house and the, and the money and, and, and the girlfriend or the boyfriend or the, the whatever. What I learned from the art of happiness and from spending time in different cultures is that true happiness is a sense of fulfillment that you achieve through being of service to others particularly if you can do that through your own unique strengths and talents. So for me, that is what happiness is. Now, of course, we need security and money and a roof over our heads and our basic needs to be able to do that. But once we've got that, I truly believe that true happiness is when we feel that sense of fulfillment, that we are doing what we're here to do, that we're using our talents and our strengths to be of service to others. Now, that doesn't mean you need to go and work for Oxfam to be happy or work for charity or, or, or solve world poverty. But it means that you need to do the thing that you know that you're destined for, or at least be in line with that. I don't believe that, don't necessarily believe that there's a perfect thing for everybody, but I certainly believe that we've all got strengths and talents that we should utilize. So the wonderful thing about that is, is that that remains even when life gives you lemons. So the people you care about are going to get sick and die. You're going to get sick. Um, bad things are going to happen it's life if you don't want those things if, you, if you're wishing for life or those things don't happen you're destined for uh, a sad um, and shocking uh, un, un, unhappy experience when you realize that those they're always going to happen so the, if, if we're just relying on sensual pleasure as happiness then we're always destined to be miserable because life's going to throw some horrible things our way whereas if we're focused on right true happiness is 
um, having this philosophy where I'm figuring out what I'm good at and using that to put positivity into the world and to help people, well, then we can stand the test of time and be happy for as, as long as we get on this planet. And that's really important for a business owner because um, there's a book I read called The Seven Habits. Uh, no, not The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, but I have read that. It's fantastic. Uh, the Seven Pillars of Self-Esteem. Um, and there's a one thing that he's written in this book that really resonate with me as a business owner and made me realize a lot of the errors of my ways and that was that if you are putting your levels of self-esteem so how confident you feel about yourself into the performance of your business you're an idiot and he didn't write it like that because it wouldn't be a very successful book if he did but he basically showed a group of very high level executives in this example in the book that if you're putting your self-worth into your career or your business or the results that you get you're gambling with your happiness because no matter how hard you work, no matter how committed you are, no matter how much of the right stuff you do, no matter how much sacrifice you make, there's always a chance that it can go wrong. And it probably will. And most business owners have been through many, many failures before they get to a place where they are really smashing it, to, 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 to put the term correctly. So you've got to have the right philosophy around happiness. Because if you haven't, especially if you go into business, you are in for a roller coaster of not being a very happy person and being up and down with your emotions. And I did this in my first business. So I, I, I was constantly stressed because I was walking around with this message in my head. And this is after I'd had the Buddhist experience, by the way. So this isn't just hear it once and do it. This is something you have to really work on. Um, I was working around with this, walking around with this message in my head that if the business isn't absolutely smashing it, I'm a failure in life. So everything felt like a stress and every decision was hard. Whereas now I'm in a much better place and the people I coach are, work on this too to do the best you can and put your levels of self-worth into how you're composing yourself and think your ideas out don't just be you know don't just be rash like think your ideas out and be strategic and, and, and make good decisions but don't put the weight of the world on your shoulders because it's just gambling with your health and happiness so we need a good philosophy around happiness and I think that supersedes anything else and especially for you as a business owner that's something that you have to embrace and work on otherwise chances are unless you're lucky and you're just in the right business at the right time and all the clouds align you don't really have any major challenges chances are you're going to have some pretty significant challenges thrown your way and if you haven't got a good philosophy around happiness they can really be detrimental to your overall levels of stress and your overall health because of your super stressed and super miserable because things have gone wrong then um that's going to affect how long you live okay so that's that piece and there's obviously lots more we could dig into on that but you, you, you've got to have a philosophy around happiness and it's got to be right okay the next piece is a structure around the business so um what i quickly realized with well i wish i'd realized quickly what i slowly realized in my first business is that the entrepreneurial mindset can and does create a lot of challenges for people. So um, if you're entrepreneurial, and I assume you are because you're listening to this podcast, then you have ideas, you're very quick to action, you're willing to sacrifice the now for the future. You've got certain traits that make you perfect for starting and growing businesses. Those traits can and will work against you as well if you're not aware of them. And what they'll do is they'll lead to you sacrificing your life in the now too much to try and hit goals, which is not good in the long run. They'll lead to you being impatient because you want to get all your ideas implemented and you're constantly trying to change stuff. Um, they'll lead to you maybe being a perfectionist and that makes you hard to work with and, and stressful for your team. And they will lead to you wanting to start businesses and wanting to grow businesses, but also wanting freedom at the same time and then going through that dilemma of being feeling a bit stuck. And um, they'll also lead to you working way too hard. So 
you need all of those things because that's what enables you to do what 99% of the population can't do, which is step away from the comfort of life and create a business. So you need those things. But if you don't set your business up in a way that um, enables the positive aspects of that to come out, whilst negating most of the negative ones, chances are you're going to get burnt out and you're going to stress your team out as well. So um, you've got to put a system in place. We created the SELF method, which stands for strategy, engagement, leadership, performance, and health. And basically the core components of that are get crystal clear, focused on your goals as a business, have a structure for turning your big vision into a simple message that your team and your customers can understand. Turn that into measurable goals. Uh, so you've got like a long-term strategy then you've got to create an engaging environment so that your team want to be there because the chances are you're just going to think they're all like you and they're going to be willing to work crazy hours for not a lot of money um, they're not so you've got to create an environment that's engaging and that doesn't mean that it's an environment that engage you but uh, that would engage employees uh, then you've got to have a leadership structure in place and what i mean by that isn't you don't have to have the world's best leadership team but you do need to have a structure that enables you and the people that work with you to hold each other accountable to goals, to have disagreements healthily, to um, role model the right behaviors and to actually enjoy running a business. Performance is taking goals from a year and down and turning them into measurable, actionable steps, which we use the OKR method. But without that, what tends to happen is we try and do everything and everybody's overwhelmed and stressed. And also in the performance piece, we go, right, what are the, what are the most important goals? What's not important? what's not realistic to do alongside having some form or semblance of work-life balance. So performance is all about setting the right goals that are going to make your business grow, but also prioritizing so that you're not burning yourself or people out. So it's getting results of that burnout. And then finally, physical and mental health, which I'm going to move into as a separate category. So um, the environment in your workplace, you want to support physical and mental health, which isn't the most complex thing in the world. So we need a system in business to make sure that you and people are actually feeling the benefits of it and it's contributing to them not letting it burn you out and stress you out and then the final piece then so the final column of thought is physical and mental health and i separate this from work slightly because you need a philosophy for this for yourself but we also need to create an environment in the workplace that enables it and as i mentioned at the beginning we fall into this belief in the modern world that's hard to be healthy in the modern world we've, we've got sedentary jobs we spend more time on our phones than ever well we didn't even have phones that long ago we're surrounded by processed foods etc etc and the reality is is that yes all of those things make it certainly make it easier for people to be unhealthy and the difference in life for now and 100 years ago plus minus a little bit is Back then, we didn't have to think about health because work was active. When you think about hunter-gatherers, you know, more than a few thousand years ago, um, we had to be active. We only had the option of wholesome food available to us. We were in a close-knit community working together towards a shared goal of survival. So we had to be healthy to survive in the past. And what's happened in the modern world is we've removed many of the challenges of life, such as having to survive. And we've removed those kind of risks and trials of life and create comfort for ourselves and with that comfort such as sitting on our chairs and not having to go and work out in the elements and having freedom of food and abundance of food available to us not worrying about the where next where the next meal comes from with the removal of the challenges that those have um um got rid of there's a better word for that uh, that they've got rid of comes the challenge of having too much stuff and being too comfortable and, and, and being lazy so 
the reality is it's not hard to be healthy in the modern world. It's easy to be unhealthy. So you've got to have a system in place to make sure that you're taking advantage of how easy it is to be healthy because it's easy to be healthy too. And you're either going to fall into the majority camp, which is where you just let life happen to you and you get physically and mentally unhealthy or one or, one or both, or you can consciously capitalize on the environment in which you live and be healthier than ever before. So it's one or the other that that that's it. And obviously some people have um, disabilities and life situations that make it more difficult. But the reality is most of us uh, that are struggling with our health are just not being proactive. We're just letting life happen to us. And it's easier to moan about it and talk about how hard life is and how hard it is to be healthy than it is to actually get off our asses and do something about it. That is the reality. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to be blunt with that because that's what we need. We don't need people to tell us, yes, it's really hard. And you know, that, that's just a crappy message. It's not hard to be healthy. It's easy to be unhealthy. So you need to look after your health and you need two components. You need to look after your physical health and you need to look after your mental health. Now, most of what we just talked about is going to contribute to your mental health. If you're happy at work and you've got the right philosophy around real meaningful happiness, that's going to really contribute towards your mental health. There is another piece that I'm going to talk about in a moment as well. But with your physical health, it really comes down to what's your nutrition like? What's your sleep like? What's your movement like? And each of those breaks down as well. And, and I don't want to overcomplicate it or go into the details today, but let's just go through the very top level, simple part of that message or part of those part of those columns. The average human needs seven and a half hours to sleep to be healthy. Okay. And if you're not sleeping properly regularly, that's going to be detrimental to your total health, physical and mental. The reason most people don't sleep properly is because they eat too late, they drink coffee, and they don't, and they go on their phones until at least twenty minutes before they go into bed, if not whilst they're lying in bed. If you want to radically improve your sleep, try and set up a routine and um, make sure that you're not on your phone at least two hours before you go to bed. Don't drink coffee after lunchtime, if not at all, and make sure that you're eating meals ideally two, three, four hours before you sleep in we can go into the details and obviously there's 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 flexibility around there but really most of us could have transformational impacts on our health just by sleeping better by addressing those basic habits and getting off our phones um nutrition there's lots of ongoing debate about what's good for you what's bad for you really what you need to know is you should be eating around 800 grams of fruit and or vegetables a day okay most people the reason that they struggle with nutrition is because they don't eat enough okay the only way that you can consume too many calories is by drinking them or by eating processed foods. If you only eat whole foods, it's very difficult to eat too much. So don't go through your nutritional life trying to rely on willpower to lose weight. It's, it's a crappy mentality. It'll never work. Your hunter-gatherer part of your mind is geared to make you want to eat too much um, and gorge whenever you get the opportunity on fats and sugars. So if you're trying to battle that, you're going to be in for a tough ride. So what you need to do if you want to have a healthy relationship with nutrition is focus on eating more. A good target is 800 grams of fruit and vegetables and around, and it's it's hard to say, but around 10 to 30 grams of protein per meal, at least three meals a day. So if you do those two things, again, you're probably going to be um, completely, you're probably going to have a completely transformative impact on your nutrition. Then we've got movement, which is fitness as such. 10,000 steps a day. I know there's no, mega science around that number but that's about an hour and 40 of walking that's more than enough for you to have um, a good baseline of cardiorespiratory health so looking after your heart and lungs um, ideally we'd be doing more but let's just keep it simple today and then you, you need your movement and your strength as well your mobility and your strength and, the, and the, the 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 thing that i like to train people on is can you sit in a squat 
for 10 minutes. If you can't work on that first because you've lost flexibility and basic strength around your hips and your knees and your back and that's why you're getting back pain. So focus on that. And then can you put your arms over your head in a straight line? Simple stuff. Uh, But obviously we can go more into that. And then the final piece, just because I'm conscious that this is now 23 minutes and I don't want it to turn into a um, boring podcast. If it is, you're probably not listening already. So what I'm saying right now doesn't matter. Make myself laugh. So um, with mental health, as we talked about the piece at the beginning, that's vital, right? So the happiness philosophy will supersede good mental health, really. Um, And most of our poor mental health will come from the wrong philosophy around good around happiness but you can also have a good philosophy and struggle right so what we've got to do is use something called act act and uh, made famous by the book the happiness trap by russ harris highly recommend reading it and what we learn in here is the 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 principles of accept the fact that you have negative thoughts that's part of being a human being don't try to get rid of them so accept that this is really important as a business owner or leader so you've got to accept your negative thoughts and trying to get rid of them when you try to get rid of them or quiet them down or um you try to drown them out through drinking or drugs or whatever it might be or or, or just adrenaline in general, um, they just get worse. They just keep coming back. So you've got to accept that you've got them. Um, you've got to then commit to your values-based goals. So you've got, clear on, you've got to get clear on what your values are and commit to goals that are aligned to your values and then accept that you've got negative voices and then accept that you've got negative voices as well. Sorry, my computer played up them. Um, so that you can recognize that you've got two driving streams in your life you've got your values and your goals and then you've also got your negative voices we then use a process called um, open and diffusion which i'm not going to go through in this podcast but that teaches us how to um, create a healthy relationship with those negative voices and diffuse the impact that they have on us and some of the techniques are one is very simple writing down the negative thoughts that you're getting um, but one of the other ones is to um, attach a funny voice to some of the negative voice that you get i'm not going to go into the details on that but there's there's ways and really good methods to help you enjoy good mental health so i've gone into some details there probably too much detail if anything so if you did find it interesting you're probably still listening if you didn't you probably um signed off and aren't listening to what i'm saying now uh so if you find that useful which i hope you do then please head over to betterhappybusinessclub.com and sign up to the newsletter in 2024 we are inviting 20 only business owners and their leadership teams onto the Better Happy Business Club program. And the reason that we're doing that is because we want to refine the program in a group setting and uh, not make ourselves too busy with the wrong clients. So we're opening that to 20. Uh, we will be putting out a weekly, or I will be putting out a weekly webinar uh, where we'll talk about the happiness opportunity for small and medium businesses uh, to end any recruitment retention and productivity issues and stress for the owner so we're going to be putting that out as well so just make sure that you've signed up to the newsletter so you can get hold of all of that and if you did find this video useful please do like share and give us a comment below and if you're watching the video and not listening to the podcast i do apologize but it seems that the camera is changing the color of my face every few minutes but that makes it more entertaining right and my sign off is as always remember that life and business is better happy 